Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. Support for this podcast and the following message come from TD Ameritrade. You can get smart with your investing with the help from knowledgeable professionals, customizable tools, and education designed just for you at TD Ameritrade, where smart investors get smarter. Katherine Johnson's math will steer NASA back to the moon. She mapped Apollo 11's path to history. Now her legacy lives on in the trajectories of future spaceflights, including the moon landing planned for 2024. By Sophia Chen. Katherine Johnson blazed trails, not just as a black female mathematician during the Cold War, but by mapping literal paths through outer space— Her math continues to carve out new paths for spacecraft navigating our solar system as NASA engineers use evolved versions of her equations that will execute missions to the moon and beyond. The retired NASA mathematician, who died Monday, February 24th at the age of 101, calculated the trajectories of the agency's first space missions, including John Glenn's 1962 spaceflight, in which he became the first American to orbit the planet, and the first moon landing in 1969. But Johnson's contributions to spaceflight extend beyond such historic moments, several of which are dramatized in the 2016 movie Hidden Figures. Her work forms part of the mathematical foundation of NASA's missions today. She had a big contribution to trajectory design in general, says NASA aerospace engineer Jenny Gruber. At NASA Johnson Space Center in Houston, Gruber works on the Artemis mission, which plans to send the first woman and the next man to the moon in 2024. Gruber plans trajectories for Artemis, just as Johnson did for the first lunar landing. Gruber's basic task remains essentially the same as Johnson's was in 1962, to calculate the speed, acceleration, and direction required to lob a spacecraft of certain size and fuel capacity to hit a moving target without a lot of room for extra maneuvering. These missions are not unlike trying to hit a rotating bullseye with a dart while jumping off a carousel, the dart being the astronaut, the Earth the spinning carousel, and the bullseye a spot on the moon. As Johnson told a PBS interviewer in 2011, it was intricate, but it was possible. Once launched, astronauts have limited means for adjusting their trajectory, and small errors committed either by trajectory planners or the astronauts themselves can result in dire consequences. 
For example, Scott Carpenter, who replicated Glenn's flight and was the sixth human in space, overshot his target landing spot in the Atlantic Ocean by 250 miles because he fell behind preparing for re-entry. A U.S. Navy team safely recovered him about three hours later. So just as Johnson's team did in the 1960s, Gruber and her team are trying to calculate and plan for all possible scenarios on the way to the moon. If you get it wrong, people die, she says. And then people see it on TV. The job has always had crazy high pressure. One of the most important aspects of Johnson's mathematical prowess is that her calculations involved real people, real objects interacting at the limits of human engineering. During these missions, human lives were at stake, and so was the outcome of the space race between the U.S. and the former Soviet Union. The space program was in overdrive, trying to get ahead of the Russians, says NASA historian Bill Barry. And of course, the whole world was watching the Apollo 11 moon landing on television. Although the basics of space missions have remained the same, much has evolved in mission planning since Johnson's time. In the 60s, NASA employed so-called human computers, mostly women like Johnson, to perform the calculations. The main reason women were hired to be computers was that it was drudge work, says Barry. The engineers didn't want to do it. But even if the public didn't know much about these mathematicians, the astronauts relied on them. While preparing for the 1962 Friendship 7 mission, Glenn famously did not trust NASA's new electronic computer, the multi-million dollar IBM 7090, to plan his trip. He specifically requested that Johnson, who worked at NASA's Flight Research Division, double-check the IBM's computations with pen and paper. Get the girl, Glenn said, according to Barry. Everyone knew which girl he meant. Katherine Johnson was the premier mathematician doing this type of work. Following her confirmation of the computer's numbers, Glenn would orbit the planet three times. He safely re-entered Earth's atmosphere and landed about 40 miles away from Johnson's calculated target in the Atlantic Ocean. Remarkably close, considering that his spacecraft was moving up to five miles per second. Today, NASA scientists eschew hand calculations almost entirely, relying on computers for fast, consistent performance. We can evaluate a lot more options a lot more quickly, says Gruber. Thanks to faster computers, the Artemis team can now design more complex trajectories through space to more interesting locations on the moon. The team plans to send the astronauts to the South Lunar Pole, where orbiters have discovered the existence of water in the form of ice. The Apollo missions went to lower latitudes, closer to the lunar equator, a much more direct path from Earth. Getting to the lunar South Pole is a much trickier trajectory problem, says Gruber. To get there, as the spacecraft nears the moon, it will take a curious wavy trajectory called a near-rectilinear halo orbit. I call it the potato chip, notes Gruber. Yet while these complicated trajectories are no longer calculable by hand, they rely on the same geometry concepts that Johnson used in the 60s. I think she'd get a kick out of analyzing it, she says. The trajectory planning math of the Apollo years, although simple compared with today's missions, provides a framework for NASA's current and future spacefaring plans. It's absolutely foundational in any trajectory software or modeling we do now, says Gruber. All the computer models we use will have been based on that stuff. Katherine Johnson made it possible for me to do what I do today, she continues. It's not just her contributions to trajectory design, which is a big part of what I do technically, but also as a female, I can do something I enjoy and that I'm good at. Today, it's a cliche that space is hard, but in Johnson's time, it wasn't just hard. Up until then, it had seemed impossible. Johnson helped make it possible.
Barry credits her work, in part, for enabling current ventures such as commercial rocket companies like SpaceX. So much of what she did is buried in the mathematical DNA of how to do spaceflight, says Barry. Thanks to Johnson's pioneering math, spaceflight is now routine. It's well-known rocket science now. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.